Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is the Scott Squad Podcast. And today I'm joined by Chris Tona. Chris, how are we? Yeah, I'm okay. Yourself? Oh, I'm fantastic, mate, as you can imagine. And back in the pod, the one and only David Welsh. David, how are you, my man? I'm good, mate. It's great to be back. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic, mate. And uh, you've picked the right episode to come on as we will be discussing the fact that Glasgow Rangers are champions. Absolutely. I'm going to try my best to not put my blue tinted glasses on. Oh, mate, it's, going <laughs> it's going to happen, mate. It's going to happen. So on this episode, I'm allowing Chris to ask me and David questions. And Chris, fair play to you, mate. Everyone knows you're a big Celtic man. And honestly, I cannot believe it on this kind of podcast for well, this kind of episode, shall we say? Uh, yeah, no point uh, beating around the bush, trying to hide about it. Congratulations to Rangers. It's a thoroughly deserved title win. Um, best team in the country by a mile um, this season. Um, even if we had indeed handled ourselves a bit differently, whether that had been sacking Neil Lennon sooner or making player changes earlier, I still believe that we'd have been looking at 55 this year. No, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on, Chris. Um, even though Celtic were terrible, let's be honest about it, right? they imploded. You can't take anything away from Rangers. Like, David, how phenomenal were Rangers this year? Like, see, 12 months ago, we didn't expect this. Like, 12 months ago, we lost to Hamilton, and it was all doom and gloom. 12 months later, we're champions. In March, in March, it's mental. <laughs> I mean, Scott, you just said it right there. We have went over 365 days without a league defeat. If that isn't what champions are made of, I don't know why. If you'd have asked me 12 months ago, that would have happened. I, I thought you'd have been deluded. <laughs> yeah, like, it's even 12 months ago, eh, David, do you remember it? A lot of Rangers fans are wanting Steven Gerrard out. And I, I was sticking up for him at the time. And I, like, I could understand why some Rangers fans wanted him out. But I was like, right, listen, it's not looking good right now. But just the guy needs time. Because we knew when we appointed him, there, there was going to be bumps along the way. And we gave him time. And look what's happened. We've won the league. So, but yeah, it's crazy to think. No, David, like twelve months ago, if if you said if I said this to you, you'd be like, "Oh, Scott, blue tinted specs, just like doing your usual, like no, I don't, you're talking rubbish." Um, but my God, it's it's remarkable, mate. Like it still has not sunk in. It still doesn't no, feel like after everything we've been through. Like, see, at the weekend, right? We it, we were on Zoom call. It was me, Ian, who's a Rangers fan, and Chris, and. Fair play to Chris, mate. This guy is the most sensible, fair Celtic fan out there. He's going to go far in the media, by the way, right? Um, so we're on Zoom call and then see when the final whistle went at Tannadice. The scenes in my house, mate, were unbelievable. Chris, what was I like, mate? Yeah, I'm... Uh, you can probably hear me got, from Pope Bridge. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gutted I'm not like a audio tech guru or else I'd have edited the sound clip you sent to the Scott Score chat into this part of the podcast. <laughs> oh man well it was it was something special because like Rangers could have won the league at Parkhead and uh, obviously Rangers are playing Celtic this weekend we could have won the league at Parkhead but David were you the same as me where you just wanted it wrapped up as soon as possible last weekend aye I was and, like I was thinking about it and it would be like how sweet would it be if Rangers won it at Parkhead but then I realised Winning it this early and potentially getting a guard of honour, which has been a very big topic this season, this this week even, 
that just sounds even more sweeter to a Rangers fan and me personally. So, yeah, I mean, I I showed you right after it. Uh, my mum came in and videoed me. After the time this went, I, I nearly cried. I pretty much did cry. I told her to turn the camera off because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I cried at all. Yeah, I cried at all, mate. Like the video you put in the chat, I thought it was, I thought it was superb, mate. It just, like, it just shows you, like, that, like everything we went through over the last ten years. We've seen it all. No other club has went through what we have went through, and it meant a lot to a lot of bears out there. Like, I was very emotional right after I came off the, the Zoom call to Chris uh, and Ian. It was like, it just was. I was, it was a bundle of emotions. I had to pinch myself. I was like, is this real life? Did we just really win the league title in March? Do you know that was the earliest uh, a Scottish team has won the league title since 1902? Yeah, it, it's crazy. <laughs> Never oh, yeah. would have thought it. Yeah, but on the, the topic of God honour, Chris, how do you feel about it? Do you think it will happen? A case of wait and see on the day, really, isn't it? Um, there's the debate that Rangers haven't gave us guards of honour in the past, so why should we give what, Rangers what, one? Um, what do you think? What do you think of Brendan Rodgers' comments saying like it shows a bit of class and respect? Like if he was still the Celtic manager, Celtic would give a guard of honour. What do you think about that? I, I definitely do agree with that sentiment. Yeah, and in a sense, it would show that. We're a bit better than what people give us credit for if we did indeed give the guard of honour because there's obviously there's there'd be Rangers fans and indeed the media quick to vilify Celtic for not doing it. So if we do end up doing it, then it does show a sense of class from Celtic. Yeah, I know, I know, what you mean, I know what you mean, Chris. Right, At, like about the point that the fact that oh Rangers never gave Celtic guard of honour, so why should Celtic? Like, honestly, I'm not really fussed if a God honour happens or not, right? But it was the fact that Neil Lennon came out last season, I think it was. Or no, in fact, two seasons ago. And he said uh, if, it, if it was in the other foot, Celtic would give Rangers a God honour. And as soon as Rangers are about to win the league, Neil Lennon leaves. <laughs> you know, I don't think he could face it. Um, but if it happens, though, that, that would be a classy sight. But I don't think it will happen. To be honest, I think yeah, I don't think it's unrealistic. <laughs> because I wouldn't want it if it was the other way about. But if Celtic do it, whatever, fair play. Um, it'll be a sight to behold. It'll be my wallpaper uh, on Twitter. So it would be man Celtic players applauding. Uh, Plus, could you imagine Scott on, Brown on the pitch? <laughs> oh, can you imagine that Scott Brown with that could you face? Scott Brown? That face absolutely raging, just applauding <laughs> the Rangers players on the pitch. It'll be a sight to behold, man. Too good to be true. <laughs> oh, I know. And uh, Chris, you've uh, got a list of questions that you want to ask me and David because, see, going into this episode, I was like, oh, there's so much to ask. Like, there's so much to, like, it's so much to, like, talk about. And it's very difficult to put, put all of this into context. So I thought, right, I'll let Chris, this episode for the Ranger segment, take the reins because Chris, very good job at that. Yeah, and um, who better to ask about the journey from Division 3 to League Champions again? Who better to ask than the ones who experienced it? So, um, Valentine's Day 2012, take you back to the darkest point. Craig White on the steps of Ibrox announcing Rangers in administration. What were your reactions? Oh, God. Um, after this, I want to talk about the good stuff. But yes, like, so we need, I, I want to speak about the journey. Um, I do remember this one. I was 14, 15 at the time. And I remember that we played them firmly at the weekend. We beat them 4-1, right? And Yellowidge left us in January. 
So we were completely depleted up front. But I remember we had to play Lee McCulloch and a little up top. And if I recall right, they both scored in the game. So I was like, oh God, right. We, were, we weren't too far off Celtic at that point. But I felt it was all right. If Celtic dropped points, we could do something. And then the news came out about administration and it was disastrous, right? That that, that was just unbelievable, right? We knew the Rangers' financial situation was bad. But we didn't think it was administration levels bad. We heard rumours of it for years, but like, nah, find this guy. It happens. Um, that, at that point, I was like, I'm still optimistic about the future. I don't th- think anything serious will happen. So, uh, we'll get an owner to come in. And that never happened. And yeah, it was. if it wasn't for Alan McCoist, who deserves a lot of credit um, for keeping everyone together and keeping the glue together of the football club, God knows what could have happened, you know. But David, I'll let you come in. I remember, actually, I, I remember my first ever instinct. It was, who do I support now? And that's when I realised that, it, like, football and your club goes much deeper than just supporting them. Because I, I generally couldn't think of a club to support apart from Rangers. And that's when I was like, nah, this can't be the end. This can't be the end. Plus, I was also scared for my season ticket next season that we already rebooked <laughs> so I didn't know what was happening with that um, luckily it still got through and Rangers got demoted to the third division but nah, it was more just of a, a shock and I remember taking um, a day off high school right when it happened because I couldn't believe it so and did I, so did I yeah I just yeah it was just absolute that, that's when I realised how important Rangers and even Celtic and all these big clubs are important to us no, yeah, absolutely. But uh, see, the only like positive thing that can come out of that season, like well, after administration in terms of results, was when we played Celtic. So uh, played Celtic at Ibrox, where they could have won the league, and that was hands down my favourite game that I've ever went to. Where there was so much riding on that game, where Celtic could rub it in our faces when we are at our lowest ebb at that point, and the players just stood up to the occasion. We won three two. And you can't forget Son Elico's unbelievable goal. Like one of the best goals I've seen in person. Was that the one Lee Wallace scored in? Lee Wallace scored in that game. Yeah, Lee Wallace scored. He scored the, I think it was the third one, I believe. Yeah. And um, Andy Little scored in that game as well. Uh, yeah, and that was that was a remarkable game. I'm, and I, I remember Celtic brought it back towards the end. Well, they brought it back to like three two, and I was like, no, like even though they can't win the league at this point, it'll be still. Like a real sore one, a real kick in the teeth if they were able to make it free each. But what a remarkable day. And I'll never forget Alan McCoyst, his reaction when Sonny Lucas scored. He was it was like Rangers won the league. <laughs> it was it was beautiful stuff, so it was. Um but yeah, as you mentioned there, David, um, we'll just fast forward a bit then like Rangers were um in talks with this character, Charles Green, that we'll come on to soon. And um we're in talks with him. And he, we ended up going into liquidation, then going getting demoted to the lower leagues. But at, at that point, though, I remember, I was like, see, I didn't know what liquidation meant. Obviously, I'm a young boy. I was like, what does this mean? I'm like 15 years old. What does this mean? What is this, like, are we gone? But then the more I looked into it, I was like, no, we're not. It's just the company that's gone. And I was... It was I was I was so relieved, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't forget the talks uh, with the the SPL, the SPL at the time. That's what it was called about Rangers 
getting voted into the league. I didn't want that. I didn't want that at all. I wanted to start fresh from the lower leagues and work our way up. And then obviously uh, the 11 clubs had the vote on it and they voted against Rangers not returning to the league. And that was never forgotten in a sense where that was like Rangers were like, it was a field day to have every kick at Rangers like imaginable and all the clubs done that and Rangers fans never forgot that and Rangers as a club never forgot that. So we, we got demoted to the lower leagues, which was a very surreal experience, David, so it was. And I'll never forget yeah. the first game against Brecon with the ball got stuck in the hedge. And by the way, we actually had about 14 players in total because remember yeah. there was a about it was like all these players left us, like our top players, like Stephen Naismith, Davis, McGregor, Lafferty. And see McGregor, Lafferty and Davis, they all left with respect. But see the way Naismith and Wicketer went about it. They were they just like shot any chance of them ever returning to the club where they'd done that that infamous press conference where they called us a new club, said we have no association with this new team. And Rangers fans never forgot that. The club never forgot that because see if they returned. Rangers fans would have been up in arms. They would not accept it at all. Even if they went on and became really good players for us again, we'll never forget what they've done. Never. Nope. I 100% agreed. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, sorry, sorry, Chris. I'm, <laughs> I'm just piled up today, man. Just like <laughs> all these memories are just coming back to me of like the journey we've been on, man. But like, uh, obviously, you've got a question about the, the third division as a whole that season, which was season. To forget, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, obviously Charles Green was in charge. Um, that was a bit of a season, yeah. He had to accept the transfer embargo, submit business plans to the SFA, settle outstanding debts. Um, he faced a few charges of bringing the game into disrepute and um, refused a ticket allocation to the cup game away to Dundee United. Um and then his whole links to Craig White came out, and eventually, a few years later, he was arrested after less than a year in charge at the club. Yeah, he was feeding his pie in the sky, David. You, I think you remember it where uh, I think it was a game where Rangers were celebrating in 140 years. It might have been that game, I can't recall, but he said in front of 50,000 fans, I'll be here, and uh, I'll be here until I hear the Champions League music back at Ibrox. And the Rangers fans lapped it up. Because see, at that point, no, Rangers fans and the club were wounded. We were just looking for any sort of hope, like just someone to give us that wee, that, that some bit of excitement to cling on to for the future. And then, as Chris said, he just turned out to just be like talking rubbish and just just leading the Rangers fans on. And he just, he just seen it, I think, in my opinion, as a money-grabbing opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Like the only hope I remember having at that time was literally Alan McCoy's. Because I'll never forget the words of "Rangers will be back, and we are coming." And that's when I was like, "Yeah, he's not going to hurt himself. He's, he knows it's a slow progression, but he knows we'll be back." And that's when I was like, "There is a chance with this," because he he's a smart man. Um, yeah, it was uh, Charles Green. Just uh, sometimes I can't believe. Like that was even a period in Rangers history. Do you, do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, it's just so. Well, I mean, it's just. 
it's surreal to think. It really is. It, that's why I say no other club in the world has went through what we went through, you know. So we won Division 3 and, like, it was it was part of the journey. There was still a big rebuilding job to do. And then we go into League 1 and we, I think we, we all the players we had at that point, David, we were, they were all, like, pre-contracts because we couldn't actually sign anyone during that transfer window. Yeah. Was that when... Uh, like David Templeton, um, Kenny Miller, and everyone came back. Uh, you, you know that Kenny Miller came back for the championship season. Oh, championship, right? Okay. Yeah, but see that in the League One season, the players we signed were like Cammy Bell, John Daly, Nicky Clark. Yeah. Um, oh, who else? Nicky Law as well. Uh, Sandaza was a, was the season before. Remember, he got uh, yeah. called oh, up yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that Celtic fan who was a taxi driver. Like who was bamming up saying he's getting a move to the MLS or something like that, man. Yeah. Oh, like no, even going back, like talking about the the signings, like I will even go back further to the ones in League Two, like Sandaza, Ian Black, wasn't Dean Shields wasn't all that bad. It's like Kevin Kyle. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> he was on like two grand a week in the third division. It was mental. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I love you know. uh, yeah. Done. So. Um, League One, yeah, when they became League One, you saw saw that through. Well, um, that was your undefeated season in the lower leagues, and then we thought we were going to get the three successive promotions back to the top flight. But that same season, Hearts, who went into administration, and their city rivals, Hibernian, both get relegated from the Premiership, and um, the first season, the Championship, didn't go so well. Ali McCoy's getting placed in garden and leaving December the December and Kenny McDowell taking over. Yeah, that was a that was a real dark time, you know. Like as much as we all love Al McCoyst, great player, legend at the club, one of the greats. It's the way I know he like he, no other manager in our history's went through what he's went through. But at the time in the championship, it just was not working out. We were like miles behind hearts. We weren't playing good football. We were getting beat dropping silly points. And I think the, the nail in the coffin for Ali at Rangers was that game at Alaba. Dave, you'll you remember it well, where it was a, the Petrified Cup where beating Alaba 2-0. And then we, the last 20 minutes was a debacle where we get beat 3-2. You can see that yeah. goal lead to part-time Alaba. And there was no way coming back for Ali at that point. I think he knew that. But he does deserve... Uh, like you do need to cut him a bit of slack because he went through a lot and the, the board he was dealing with didn't have Rangers' best interests at heart at all. Like at all, man. It was he like he came into the club as the manager at the worst possible time. The worst possible time, you know. Like it was it was it was a real shame to see what he had to go through, you know. And it's good to see that he's smashing it as a pundit right now. And he's, I think he's Britain's favourite pundit right now. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I mean, to be, what's even funny, he actually did a, a pundit commentary last week and someone asked him, do you regret managing Rangers in the worst ever period ever? He said no. To, to me, that just shows how much he actually cares for the club. And yeah, at the time, the guarding leave situation... I was so confused about, and people were saying like, "Oh, he's lost his legend status. He's he's nothing anymore." Um, 
it was so confusing and dark. But now looking back at it, he re- as you said, he really didn't have any support at all. Like he wasn't getting any communications, wasn't getting any, even anything. And honestly, that season was probably the darkest season I remember ever being a Rangers fan in the championship when we didn't win it. Yeah. But like and I do, I do agree with that in terms of like in terms of a footballing sense, yeah. And then as Chris brought up, Kevin Dill came in, uh his first game in charge, if I recall right, it was against Hibbs and we were two 0 down at half time. Ian Black came on. Uh, no, sorry, Ian Black got taken off. So he did in the first half because he was he was having a, a horror show. He was a player that should should have never been at Rangers Football Club. And then I remember we, we replaced him with Kyle Hutton, who's even worse than Ian Black. In my opinion, Kyle Hutton's the worst footballer I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> so Kyle Hutton came on and then we got beat 4-0 off Hibs. And we're like, this is only going to get worse. Then Kenny McDowell, every, what was it? He tendered his resignation. So... Yeah, we draw Celtic. We've drawn Celtic in the cup at this point, right? We're playing them in the League Cup semi. We've got a manager who doesn't even want to be there. We've got the worst Rangers side in history. This was a great opportunity for Celtic to give us a real doing, like eight, like I eight nil doing. I'm talking about eight, ten nil doing. We were that bad, and I remember we're at the. I was at the game, and then Rangers got beat two 0 I went back to my supporters bus and we're like. I'll take that any day of the week, honestly, because we, we were going to that game dreading it. We were absolutely dreading it. Uh, that was the first old firm game, I think, in about three years. So it was. Three and, years, yeah. Yeah. And I remember we had Steve Simonson in goals. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Simonson in goals, Ian Black in the midfield. Oh, God. Who else? We had Fraser Erd at right back. Fraser Erd got hauled off at half time for John Daly. Oh, it was just, it was miserable. It was terrible. Yeah. It was, uh, but and, and do you know what? Honestly, like I, I think Celtic uh, when they were winning two 0 do you know what? They were just like, I hate saying this, but they actually probably felt sorry for us. Like they actually probably they were like, oh, like they're that bad. It's just, let's just like just pass it about and like, we'll just call it a day. Like the second half was basically like a training session. Like there was no intensity or nothing. Celtic were just like, oh, like sack it off or won this. <laughs> That's how bad yeah, the point, man. Yeah, they're under 21s because they're probably better. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, Chris? So, yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, we'll just touch on the end of that season, losing the promotion playoff to Motherwell. Um, if you had won that playoff, how do you think your first season back in the Premiership would have been like in terms of like, where he's would have finished in the league standings? Top six. Yeah, I agree. Top six, yeah. Literally, yeah. I, I I went in yeah. just praying if we would have won it, top six. That's a yeah. fair assessment. So yeah. um, I think also after... I just need to come in here quickly, Chris. And I know like David's spot on. Like we would have been lucky to finish in the top five. Genuinely, and, like see if we finished fifth, that would have been uh, like an achievement for that Rangers <clears> team. So looking back on it, Stuart McCall inherited an utter shambles, right? And he done the best he could. We, that Rangers team at that time were lucky to get to the playoffs. Stuart McCall done everything he could. He worked ever so hard with the, the players he had. And we got to the playoff final. We got beat 6-1, as you say, Chris. Uh, then, obviously, McCall went. Warburton came in. And that's when Warburton, credit where it's due, had a big rebuilding job in his hands. Yeah, he did. Um, 
So that season, um, credit where Shooty Warburton gets Rangers back into the promised land, knocking Celtic out the Scottish Cup in the semi-finals on the way. And at that point, there was some hope and optimism going in to the Premiership. And then you just come up against Brendan Rodgers, Celtic's out. Oh, yeah. Well, just, to, just, just to backtrack a wee bit here, Chris. Um, so, like, on Warburton, yeah, kind of it's true. He done a great job getting us promoted. He played some terrific football. And... Uh, he brought in some decent players for that level. So he did like Harry Forrester, uh, Martin Wycorn, uh, and obviously brought in James Tavernier, West Fordingham. And we won the league comfortably that year. And we played Celtic in the semi final. And David, see, going into that, were you the same as me where you're like, I fancy our chances here because Celtic were not in a good place under Ronnie Dyer at that point at all? Yeah, I know, 100%. I, I still think. I didn't think we would have won it, wouldn't won it, sorry. Um, even though I was like more optimistic than previous encounters. Um, but I'll always remember that that Barry Mackay goal. I, I, the euphoria I felt in that shot was indescribable. That's when I was like, okay, we're winning this. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a great game as well. It was a great spectacle. Uh, spectacle because see when Barry Mackay scored that, mate, I was at the game. It was unbelievable. Like pandemonium. Oh, you know, and then it went to penalties. Oh, mate, that was agonising, man. That was agonising. And it was like, I remember James Tavernier stepped up for one and Tavernier never misses a penalty. He's kind of over the bar and I'm like, no, what's going on? And then Scott Brown stepped up for one, mate. And Chris, you will agree with us. Scott Brown that season, and especially that game, had an absolute nightmare. Uh, had an absolute nightmare. Andy Halliday had Scott Brown in his back pocket. So Brown steps up, Bodrum saves it. And it was a poor penalty. From Brown, you know, and then I remember Nicky Clark stepped up for one, and I was, I, to be honest, I was never a fan of Nicky Clark. Right, Nicky Clark steps up, and I'm sure he skied over the bar as well, and I'm like, no, and I was like, we're going to lose this, and uh, I, I can't remember who the other Celtic player was that missed it. Um, well, I'm sure McGregor scored one. Cal McGregor scored one. Aye. Yeah, McGregor scored one, right, and. Uh, I remember Nicky Law stepped up, right? This is a player who didn't want to be at the club at this point. I'm like, he's going to miss this. He's going to miss this. And he puts it in comfortably. And I'm like, oh my God, no way. Could this be it? And then obviously the famous moment happens. Tom Rogage steps up. Skies it. And oh, then celebrations point, after. Oh, at that point, it was, it meant a lot. It was a great feeling. And, uh, and then, it, see, when we went on to the cup final, that game meant nothing. <sighs> And uh, see, as a football fan, uh, that's one of the darkest days of supporting Rangers because I was at that game as well. And then, oh, see, when they, we, we didn't play well at all that day, right? And see, when we're 2 1 up, 20 minutes to go, how they scored a great goal, I was like, right, I still don't fancy it here. Our players looked absolutely shattered because we had that long break. Hibs were still playing football. We had a long break. We had like a, a three week break or something like that. And the players look absolutely shattered. Uh, Hibs get an equaliser through Anthony Stokes. And I'm like, right, this is going to go extra time. And then Hibs get a, a corner last minute. Yeah, I was like, they're going to score this. Get swept in. David Gray scores 3 2. And um, start, I just stormed out the stadium uh, and went to my supporters bus. It was, we were in utter silence, mate. Utter silence. It was unbelievable. And whilst I was uh, going back to my bus, I seen all the horses running in. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, why are all the horses running in? Then we go on our phones and we see what's happening. 
like Hibs fans have uh, invaded the pitch. Uh, they're trying to attack the Rangers players, and I'm like, what is going on? This is ridiculous, you know? And then I go on Twitter, and I'm waiting to see, like, politicians trying to condemn it. Nothing. Like, for example, I'm, I also I don't know, this, this, no, this is not a political podcast, right? But I didn't like this. I thought this is very, this is some serious double standards from Nicola Sturgeon here, where she was praising Hibs. She was like, congrats to Hibs, blah, blah, blah. Didn't even condemn uh, what happened on the pitch at all. Didn't even say a, a thing about it on Twitter. And uh, yet she's moaning about what happened at, at the weekend, like at, on uh, Ibrox on Saturday and at George Square on Sunday. Yes, we know there's a pandemic on, right? I wasn't there, but you can't understand why Rangers fans went up to George Square and Ibrox to celebrate, considering everything we've been through as a club. Because... Like that's the thing. Like, every, like we're acknowledging the fact that serious pandemic is on, but you can understand why they went up. And also, as well, earlier on this season, we've seen Celtic fans going up to Parkhead, and they were writing <laughs> they were because they In wanted the worst to state. Yeah, literally, uh, like Celtic fans went up to Celtic Park in the worst time of the pandemic ever, probably. Uh, Liverpool fans did the exact same thing in August. And what I also find funny is. Literally early on today, thousands of people are in Kelvin Grove Park, and yet not one police officer, not one thing, not one thing mentioning about it. But last week, because Rangers fans went to George Square, there's a big uproar. Like, yeah, like, no, it, no, I, like honestly, it's no. In my opinion, it's ridiculous. Nicholas Sturgeon has it out for football fans, and if it, I see if it's other way about, like Chris even agreed with me in this. See if Celtic won ten in a row. We would have seen the exact same scenes. We would have seen Celtic fans up at Parkhead. We would have seen Celtic fans in George Square. It was going to happen regardless uh, of what the outcome would have been this season. Even if Aberdeen went on and won the league, you would see Aberdeen fans celebrating at Tawdry and whatever. If St Mirren won the, the Scottish Cup, you would see St Mirren fans outside their stadium. It's happening all over the world with football teams when they win the league. Look at what happened in Marseille as well, like where the Marseille fans were out protesting, setting off fireworks because they wanted the, the board out. 